VHS playback. VHS playback. Ugh, I just put something gross in my mouth off the table I'm sitting at. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> What was it? I, just, I think it was dirt. I think I just put dirt in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on that note, let's do some quick introductions. Uh, welcome to uh, VHS Playback, the podcast where we do just about whatever we want. I'm Rob Guzanoff. I'm Cordelia Graham. I'm Tom Bestie. And I'm Josh Guzanoff. And today, as promised, we are going to be doing our... No holds barred, no holds scurred, uh, spooky stories, spectacular. We just kind of focus on some supernatural stuff. We all kind of pick some stories. But before we get into that, I wanted to say, how are you guys? Tom, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Uh, big C. Um, I, I also heard, I also felt like this show would also be uh, titled Goth Talk uh, slash oh. Goth Talk. Everything is goth talk now. I mean, listen, I can't talk without yeah, thinking goth yeah. talk. So, uh, you know, this is going to get a little gothy. This is going to get a little dark. This is going to get a little uh, candles and uh, eyeshadowy. And that's where we're going. That's the direction we're heading in. <laughs> and so goth, all I see is black. <laughs> Cordy, how are you? Uh, it's goth as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm doing great. You know, I'm doing great. You know, just, uh, uh just, Looking forward to more fun times during the pandemic, you know? <laughs> you, just literally, you just literally made me do an actual spit take. It's important. It's really unshamed a shame that this is not a visual medium Uh-oh. because the second I took a sip, you went, God, this is and I just spit all my water on. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, how are you doing, bud? Uh, you know, I'm doing all right. That's all I can do. <laughs> yeah, do it. I'm doing my best. So real quick, before you started... Oh, go ahead, Cordy. An update for uh, all of the listeners. Josh, are you underneath the pool table? Uh, not, not this time. Not anymore. What? I've, been, I've been freed from this burden. Uh, you got out. I've, uh, <laughs> I've been. Uh, <laughs> the interesting thing about this is, is that so far, uh, our podcasts that have played, the first one I'm under the pool table will be like if we just did the strictly, strictly where, where movies were being watched two episodes uh before it would start uh and so no one knows that i'm under the, no one knows that i'm under the pool table is really what i almost just said nobody knows that i i was recording them from under a pool table yet uh yeah got it so it's a t it's, it's setting up a tease so what cordelia's doing that's called foreshadowing josh that's a storytelling method to find out why i recorded under a pool table no one will ever know Next time on VHS Playback. Will Josh be under the pool table? Will the dog stop barking? Who knows? You will next time. If you pay for a VHS Playback podcast premium, you'll be able to to marathon all episodes in which Josh is under the pool table. (laughs) Here are some of our favorite uh, under the pool table moments. (laughs) If you subscribe to our Patreon, you can see Tom under a ping pong table, Rob under a foosball table, and me under a ski ball machine. (laughs) I think I got a foosball table I haven't set up yet. I mean, if you don't mind, Rob. What do you think? Let's do it. Yeah, I, think it's, you know, I, I think you'd sound, I think you'd sound great. I think you'd sound great below a foos. Um, so, uh, so real quick, before we get into it, I finally saw Hamilton. <laughs> uh, oh, and, 
enjoyed. It was it was a hundred percent lived up to the hype. It was fucking awesome. The other thing I finally saw, as I'm uh, apparently about a year behind on pop culture of everyone else, is I saw um, the Mandalorian finally. Oh, okay. And uh, it also lived up to the hype. It was great. Love oh, the shit. Mandalorian. Oh. Uh, have you got what? What have you guys been watching? Uh, Tom, I, Tom's been watching something that I want to hear about. Tom, I believe the other day you texted me. I just rewatched Water Worlds. <laughs> oh shit! No, no, no! I was home from lunch. From lunch. Uh, oh my god! I was home for lunch from work at like away from my job, and I watched uh, Water World for about a half hour. It still it still holds up, guys. Definitely. Yes. Cordelia, what, have you, what have you been watching? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, today I just watched Sleepy Hollow, uh, being that we are, you know, eventually sometimes we do movies. Um, I also saw that The that the Witches is on, um, on Netflix. I don't know if you guys remember that movie. It was in 1990 with Angelica Houston. No. It's mm-hmm. the scariest movie I have ever seen. I think um, you have literally brought this up to me before, and I yeah, didn't know yeah, what you were talking about last time. Dude, it's so scary. But anyways, I think we should do this, uh, you know, do this on the show. So that also led me to start thinking about witches. And Rob, being that you are the resident filmmaker of the show, I would like to pitch you an idea called Slalom Witch uh, Trials. It's about witches skiing and on tri- I, I haven't really worked out the Ooh. full details I think um, I know what you're talking. I think I know what you're talking about. So what ooh. we're talking about is there's uh, <laughs> a group hot. of witches. There's a group of witches that own a cool ski resort and they love to oh, party and do yes. spells, right? But ooh, then this yes. big corporate ski resort opens yes. up right oh next door, and they're trying to <laughs> yes. buy the mountain that these witches fucking are, are slumming down. What about so the what community center? Yeah, oh, no, that's what I'm saying. They're t- they're out here supporting the community. They're partying. They're doing things for good causes. Yeah, they got like some Great. friends that they're helping out. You know, they're bringing in people. They're they're doing good magic. These witches. Throw but some they know how to do some there, bad. Yeah. They know how to do some bad magic. And this fucking corporation is about to find out how magical these witches really are. Because they're not going out without a fight. Good idea here. A bad idea. Uh, rejected member of the coven that was doing bad magic. Now part Ooh. of the corporate group. Oh, oh yeah, right. she's on top. Oh. She's on top. Yeah. You know what? She's pissed. Tune in to oh the Slalom Witch Trials. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, yeah. I would watch the Slalom Witch Trials. I watched it. I watched a film um not that long ago that was a witch movie. It was called like Witch movie? Witch, it's called like Witching and Bitching or something like that. It's like a it was made in like I think it was like an Eastern European film, but it, it had a terrible title and it had like some uh, like relatively uh, misogynistic viewpoints, but it was uh, it was pretty entertaining overall. I was actually surprisingly impressed with it. Um, that said, uh, we should talk about we should we should we should do what we came here to do. And, and what we came here to do today is to give our listeners a fright, much like uh, the lead character in the peanut butter solution Got a fright when he lost his hair. Uh, <laughs> so Tom, you can start us off. Why don't you do? Why don't oh, you because I'm off, starting. Tom? I'm starting it off. Okay, okay. Well, I want to tell the story about uh, the house I grew up in. Okay. So the house I grew up in had, I'm sure, like what a lot of people would probably relate to, a scary basement. And it was, it was, you know, when the lights were off, it was dark, you know, and in the, in the dark shadows, it was mysterious. And, uh, I didn't want to spend more than, you know, a few seconds, you know, uh, 
uh, actually running up the stairway every time I left it, right? But uh, so one day, so one day, uh, I think I was, I think I was like a, I was like a teen or something. I, I must have been like, you know, somewhere in my teens. And my sister, uh, Sarah, she came to me and she said, you know, the neighbors across the street, they were talking like they always do. I had a, I had a lot of neighbors who were elderly and they hung out together. And they, uh, they like, seriously, like maybe about six of them, six or eight of them would congregate in front of um, one, one of our neighbor's houses in their driveway. So my sister, uh, she, she, she had, she had come to me and she said, oh, she, she heard, you know, she heard him say something kind of weird about, about the parties they used to have at my house. And in my basement, there was a sauna that was uh, particularly scary um it was just like you know kind of tucked in the back i mean it definitely wasn't too cold or anything it was just sort of like cedar you know cedar uh, uh walls and had a you know a, it was like on a slab or whatever but it was usually used as like some sort of like storage room but when he went in it i mean it was it was the scariest thing ever as a child but um so <laughs> the the assumption was that my sister made was that from what she heard in passing from the neighbors was that that she came to the conclusion that our neighbors were perhaps swingers at one time based on based on yeah. this like you know these couple statements that she heard them say and that our house that we were living in was basically ground zero of some sort of neighborly um swinger party of some kind <laughs> so so the scary story i want to bring to the table is a confused tom imagining my neighbors maybe you know maybe 20 you know 20 years younger but you know um also fornicating all over my basement Oh, so you so you were haunted by the idea of your neighbors uh sexing sexing up in your basement as a child. I mean haunted, like terrified, more 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 unnerved. Unnerved and uh you know, it was it wasn't I, I love that your version of the sex talk involved uh, your geriatric neighbors uh, just railing each other in a in your basement. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I can mean, verify that sauna was truly super creepy and terrifying. I think all, 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 bas all basements are so. Yeah. Why are basements so creepy? Why is that a thing? I remember the townhouse I grew up in. I would like go downstairs in the basement, get something, and then just fucking run up the stairs, so afraid of the basement. Right. Basements are terrifying. My basement did not come with, uh, you know, uh covered covered it covered in elderly jizz but I, my basement was like still pretty creepy you think that's what it was haunted by elderly jizz yeah the, the ghosts of uh, uh, just the, the, go, the ghosts of sex past just uh just fucking <laughs> moaning in that basement in the uh the, the sex box room uh, the ghosts of children unborn <laughs> tom's tom's basement was much like the uh much like the uh cube in a uh, hellraiser where to some it was hell, but to others, it was heaven. <laughs> um, wait, so did the sauna in your basement work when you were a kid, Tom? No, it didn't. No, it didn't. So you just had like a like a wooden box essentially in your basement, right? 
with benches, yes. And yeah, then that, is, sauna, that would creep me out. The sauna oven was there. Like, the burners were there. They just didn't work. Uh, that does feel like something that would have creeped me the fuck out when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, big yeah. time. And then, Cordy, you actually went to that house, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was Tom's childhood home. Like, your parents sold it when you were, like, 18 or something, right, Tom? 18, something 19. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, something like that. So. Do you remember the basement, Cordelia? Yeah, dude. I mean, like, when... His parents put it up for sale. Like Tom had the house for like what six months or a year to himself. So we were living out there. I live there. Yeah, I lived there for the last days of it. Yeah. Yeah, we. I mean, it was just like a bare bones house, and it was awesome. Like we started a band in that basement, and you know we would have band practice there. So yeah, we did tons of good hangouts. I actually have like amazing memories hanging out there, like during that time period. Um, I could, I you know, okay. So I mean, I could, I could elaborate further and creepiness so so um i started when i started living there it was because the house was up for sale and apparently the you know i was helping because the insurance would be less if someone lived there i don't know how that worked i think my dad i was i was personally going through some like a uh, kind of a harder times and my dad was kind enough to let me live live at the house but um i i was living upstairs like i was sleeping upstairs originally um but because of like, I guess, house noises, you know, just sort of the house settling in at night. Um, it was creepy. It sounded awful. So I moved to the basement and here's why I did, because that doesn't seem like the least creepy thing to do is move into the basement and sleep there. The reason why is because there was a heater and, a, and an AC unit right next to where I was sleeping. So at least there was white noise to kind of like you know, drown out whatever, whatever house noises, but, but no shit. There was an echo in that entire place. It's an, it was an empty house. I mean, there was some echo going on throughout the whole, uh, uh, the whole the entire house. And I was alone in there for uh, about, yeah, like about six months um, with, uh, with only two, two DVDs. One was a bootleg copy of uh, the second Matrix movie. <laughs> and the other one, and the other one was, um, oh, it was uh, that uh, Quentin Tarantino flick. Um, Pulp Fiction. No, the first one, the first big one. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting with bated breath to find out what that second film was. <laughs> you would have said, uh, if you would have said the original copy of the second Matrix movie, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, like by the way, no internet. This was like way, you know, oh, yeah, the yeah. internet did not exist, um, and it was just seriously like, you know. Uh, me and a bottle of cough syrup pretty much every night, which I, which I, you know, uh, at the time I was, you know, not using correctly, but you know, cough syrup. You know, Tom, sorry. Nyquil, Nyquil, Nyquil was very good back then. Nyquil was very good back then. So <laughs> had all the had all the good stuff in it. So back in my day, uh, Nyquil was very good. <laughs> you know, Tom. You know, Tom. What's funny is I never asked you why you moved in the basement at that point, but I mean, yeah. I, I just figured it was a Tom thing, like whatever <laughs> no no it was it was literally it was literally scarier upstairs yeah no it was yeah, yeah, yeah no that's so funny yeah it is fun it is funny to have an entire empty house and be like you know what i'm gonna take the basement yeah uh, yeah yeah we, we it makes have, sense. We, yeah yeah it, it does it does it, it made a lot of sense that was a time period where like 
like I had mentioned, we started playing a band there. Like Tom just had a drum set sitting in his garage and like the rest of us, like all play guitar and bass and sang for bands. And we're like, Tom, you have a drum set. You're playing drums for us. Let's start a band. And that's like how we started like, <laughs> our punk yeah. band. Yeah. So yeah, it was super awesome. And like, it was so, uh, it was as indie as it got. It's, it's very pretty fluid. Cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool that you had a house to yourself at that age. Yeah, it was awesome. It was fun. It wasn't that, and it, and it wasn't that I wanted that to happen, you know. Like, I mean, it was really cool. Um, one thing that did happen, and I remember it was, um, you know, during that, it was during that huge blackout that it happened. Um, so 2004 is when it went down, and it was that blackout where um, the Midwest, like half the Midwest, went out. So yeah, everybody lost power. I think New York even lost power. I think some of the East Coast even lost power. I think oh, you're right. You, yeah, you were at that house during that. Tom? Well, my stuff was there actually. My stuff oh, okay. was there, but I was actually at your house during the black. That makes sense. Yes. Okay. Yes. I was kind of <laughs> at an early age. I was kind of bouncing around. I didn't really agree with um, my parents and their rules. You know, Whoa. and uh, I know, I know, I know. Hear me out. <laughs> some some people when they are, uh, you know, when they're in their you know, early twenties, they want to do things like smoke the marijuana and just hang out. You know what I mean? So, no, um, I do. And some parents don't agree with that. So it's a shame. Yeah. Parents just shame. don't understand. In the, in, the words of one, in the words of one William Smith, parents just don't understand. Parents just understand. Yes, it's true. That's yeah. very true. So, so on that note, uh, uh, Cordelia, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you brought to the table as far as like a scary story today? Well, um, you know, being that we are in Michigan, um, I don't really have a personal story, but I, um, I've always been fascinated with Mackinac Island and I did a little bit of research and it initially started with a grand hotel that is allegedly like notoriously haunted. And, you know, it's supposed to be one of Michigan's must-see sites, which I've actually never been to. I've always just seen has, photos. Has anybody here ever been to Mackinac? I've literally never gone to the island. Yeah, I've always I've gone to Mackinac been. City, never been, been to the island. I've been there, yeah. You yeah, have? Been there. Uh, okay. Okay. So anyway, so there's like tons of stories. Like I have a few, so like I'll, I'll just do one right now and, you know, swing back to me. But like one of the stories that I thought was the creepiest was, um, this was a recent story of a couple. Um, they had stayed in the hotel on the third floor and their bathroom light turned on. So the guy went up and he turned it off and laid back down. It came back on. So he's like, oh, and he said to his wife, like, I, I hope this is it. I hope nothing else happens or along those lines, turns it off, turns back on after he lays down and there's a woman sitting at the vanity in front of a mirror and they couldn't see her face. And then the light just goes off by itself. And then they turn on the lamp next door to the, uh, next to the bed and the woman's gone, but there's a big crack across the whole mirror of the vanity. That is horrifying. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like the, oh the guy even states like, yeah, I, I never believed in ghosts. I'm still not even sure if I saw anything. But yeah, man, like what's you do in that situation? I don't know. Yeah, that is fucking horrifying. That is so much more brutal than mine is. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that one like gave me, you know, the shivs, the shivers. The shivers, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'll uh, go around. I'll. I'll tell you guys some more stories that I dug up. So. What did you find for us, Josh? Well, uh, so 
my first one's a bit of a, a bit of a puzzler uh, for me. This is something that I, I've been I, I've thought about and like wondered about for for a long time, and I did a, a minor amount of research on it today. Uh, I worked on a music video back when I was like first starting off in film. This would have been in like uh, somewhere between 2012 and like 2014 region. I was working on a music video for a band called Octopus. Uh, the Octopus. The Octopus. Yeah, it's Masha's band. Oh, Masha okay. and Dale Wilson. Uh, but yeah, I, I was um I was working on the music video uh, for The Octopus. Uh, and I'm not sure what the name of the music video was, but we were doing so many, we were shooting it in uh, the Majestic. We were doing it after hours. There was like so many crazy things. We had like a bathtub filled with blood as part of it. And, and like Masha rose out of the bathtub filled with blood. Uh, <laughs> and we did, we, we were getting done with the music video shoot. And uh, I was like, hey, I'm going to run over to the restroom and then I'll turn off the lights on my way back. Uh because we were shutting everything down. So I went into the restroom and the restroom was where the old green rooms used to be. So I went into the bathroom. Somebody came into the bathroom behind me. Uh, I heard what sounded like, I thought they were carrying something. I heard like a noise that sounded like somebody carrying something metal. Uh, and I was at the urinals. I felt somebody come up next to me at the urinals. And like, I heard the footsteps, felt somebody's presence there. I went over, washed my hands. And as I was leaving, turned around, I was like, Hey, you want me to, I was like, I'm going to leave the lights on for you. And I received some sort of confirmation. I walked out, I left the lights on. And then I got to cleaning the rest of the stuff up. Uh, Dale Wilson uh, asked me why all the lights were still on. I was supposed to go shut them off. I was like, Oh yeah, somebody's in the bathroom. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, there's I'm like, yeah, somebody went into the bathroom just after me. He was like, nobody's in the bathroom. It's just you. you. You're the only person that walked over there. He's like, Weird. what did you hear? And I was like, I, I heard like some chains or something. Like it sounded like they were carrying something. He was like, God damn it. You found Houdini's ghost. Houdini's ghost showed up for you. Not for me. <laughs> I've been working here for so long. Weird. I've never Whoa. seen Houdini's ghost. Now wow. here's the thing. Here's the thing that made it the confuser for me today. I looked into it to be like, yeah, Houdini's last performance at the Majestic Theater. Houdini never performed at the Majestic Theater. Nope. Uh, Houdini was at the Garrick Theater in Detroit, which uh, has been demolished. The hospital that he was in when he died has been demolished. Uh, everything, the hotel he stayed at was has been demolished. Really? So, okay. Who the fuck's ghost was that? <laughs> <laughs> so, so Houdini didn't perform at the Majestic Theater? Not as far as I was ever, ever able to find. Uh, he performed at the Majestic Theater in Houston, Texas. Uh, but when he was in Michigan, he performed at the Garrick Theater, which has been demolished. That was his last performance. Is the Majestic also, Theater even that old? I heard. Yeah, it is. It's pretty old. Oh, it is. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the oldest bowling, it's the oldest functioning bowling alley, I think. Uh, from what I read, I don't know that, like, uh, in the state. So, uh, yeah, I don't I know. That I guess, I've also heard that he died in Henry Ford Hospital. Yeah, it was, um, from what I saw, it was a hospital named, like, it was Grace something hospital that was, like, right across from where Wayne State's located now. Okay. Uh, so, the only Grace building that's still standing that uh, he he was in uh, in his journey through the state of Michigan, the hotel was demolished, the hospital was demolished, and the theater was demolished. Is the funeral home where they held his funeral? Oh. Let's uh, go to demolish it. Wait, they had his they had his funeral here. Yeah, I guess. Um, 
I don't know if it was just like his body was prepared here or or what. Uh, but I mean, maybe that maybe they didn't travel bodies back then. I don't know. Yeah, um, I know that uh, the punch, the fatal punch he received, was in uh, Montreal, and then oh yeah, which is and then like although he died of appendicitis, so. I don't know if, if point A really meets point B there, if that's like part of the urban legend. Right. Um, it's funny because yeah. I've heard, yeah. I've heard so much about Houdini's death and I don't, I've never looked into any of it. <laughs> it's yeah. super interesting. This was the first time I've, I've ever looked into it and I had to have that moment of reconciliation to be like, oh no, it was just a, it's just a ghost that carries around chains just came and hang out, hung out in the bathroom with me, which brings, <laughs> which brings the, the, uh, the question of what happens to a ghost in a bit. Like, let's say, let's say Houdini's ghost, <laughs> Garrick theater. uh, Garrick theater's demolished. Does that ghost just go, you know, like, well, I did my time or do they look for another theater, uh, to go bump people out in? Josh, that's kind of the follow-up to my next story. It's funny. Uh, also like, also like Josh Houdini is like, Houdini was like an avid skeptic. Like the yeah, idea that we're yeah, talking yeah. about Houdini's ghost would piss Houdini off. Like he was yeah. like the oh, biggest yeah. skeptic. Well, he would pay money to disprove um, psychics mm-hmm. and, and all these people. Like he he offered like a huge bounty. And also while we're talking about Houdini, do you guys know that there's um, there's a museum of magic in Michigan, like on the west side of the state? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, super fascinating. I saw it like on Travel Channel, like weird uh, museums across the states. No, I didn't know that. That sounds rad. I would love. Yeah, that. yeah. I'm like vaguely aware of that. Uh, like I, that was one of those things that like popped up. Of there, there's some some stuff that in Michigan. There's a Michigan has like a giant cryptid and paranormal convention that happens somewhere in northern oh, really? Michigan every year. Uh, how come uh, we've never been? This is crazy. I that have no amazing. idea. Uh, like, here's the thing, too. Like, I actually read this thing. So, like, I read this thing recently that said Michigan has more ghost, UFO, and paranormal sightings than almost every other state in the country. What? Really? Like, we, we have some of the highest um, uh, reported, like, actually police reported, like, call-ins really? about, like, aliens and stuff like that. Yeah, we're, like, huh. right there at the top. We have a ton of, like, you know, paranormal reporting in Michigan. Michigan's, like, a weird place. Dude, never heard that. Never heard anyone say that. Um, speaking of which, I guess I can do mine real quick. I was asked by a filmmaker in Michigan, uh, Oksana Merzoyan, she's an awesome filmmaker, uh, to produce uh, a period piece that she was doing called Susanna. And one of the locations she came across, which I don't remember how she found it, was historic Fort Wayne, which I didn't know existed until uh, we were doing that shoot. And so we went to Fort Wayne. They gave us a tour of the facility checked it out. It felt a little spooky. I mean, it's an old, and it's an old building, a series of old buildings. There's like tunnels. Have you guys been to Fort Wayne? Anybody here? Besides yeah, Josh, who I know was there. We filmed. I, I was in the film. <laughs> yeah. So Tom, when you went to Fort Wayne, did you go through like the tunnels and stuff? And did you like see all that stuff they have there? They have these skinny windows. It's like kind of hard to see in there. No, I, I, I didn't. Where, where were the tunnels at? Were they under the barracks? I mean, no, they, are, like, are they you like, talking- so there's like the big barracks and then there's like these long stone like archways that you can walk through from barrack to barrack. You're talking about the are you talking about the actual fort walls themselves? Yeah, 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 you can walk in the walls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we walked through some of them. Not 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 all of them. Um but we walked through some of them like towards the entrance of it. Yeah. Did you do a ghost tour there Tom or did you just go and check I it did. out? I did. 
I did do a ghost tour there. Yes. Oh, and it really wasn't cool. necessarily, it wasn't necessarily a ghost tour as much. Well, it was a short tour. And then it was whoever wanted to hang out for the rest of the evening um, to actually um, try to find ghosts, you know, like, um, and you could, you could stay there all night if you wanted. There was always somebody like, you know, there's always staff in the building that was like, you know, on the grounds um to check you out or whatever to make sure you know uh you left or were still there or whatever so um it was a cool time i mean it was creepy as fuck for sure you know in the barracks and when in the and all that um did you see anything creepy yeah. did like anything did creep I, you out? no no nothing nothing really did no um you know okay no 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 you know what creeped me out was there was one one of the houses and it, it was turned into in like an administration building, but it was very much like a, uh, you know, some older farm residential, like, you know, uh, facility or whatever. Um, I was, I was in the hallways and there was enough light where I could walk, but like, you know, I, I heard something in like, you know, the, the corner. And when I turned around, there were three dudes dressed all in black, hunched on the floor with their recording devices, like their, their uh, ghost recording devices. <laughs> and here I am. That's oh, seriously. I and, and here I am. I'm like, oh, well, I'm fucking up there like their show or whatever, you know, or I don't know. And, and they just kind of ignored me. Like they didn't even look up at me. They were like, I think maybe if anything, they're maybe just frustrated, like, oh, you know, we had to try looking for ghosts on a fucking... <laughs> <laughs> maybe they're on a zoom conference and kind of same thing. <laughs> yeah yeah so 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 tom you've been there so like there's the main barracks where like the yes. wall is and then there's this weird like dome-shaped munitions housing uh room oh. which is like this giant dome made of stone but did you okay. i don't know if you went in there but it's it's a, so it's this weird it's got like a dirt floor and it's this huge dome Weird. stone building with no ventilation. It's literally where they would house like the gunpowder and shit. So like it, it, if it blew up, it would be contained, right? Like that was the point of this, sure. this thing. So sure. uh, Oksana went in there and she chose this location to be like where the court is held in this like old timey like world she created. And uh, the director of photography, this guy, Michael, who's brilliant, um, Mike Berlucci, he's amazing, great guy. Uh, so Berlucci wanted to light this entire room with candles, okay? Oh, so oh we had like 400 candles, wax candles burning in this like stone dome. And that was the only light source in there. It was pitch black oh. in there besides these candles. So this room wow. was vibing. It was fucking creepy, right? So as independent films usually do, we were supposed to be out before it got late. Um, and we weren't, we didn't finish before it got late. And there was this hill next to the munitions dome where there was one light that was set up on it. Right. So we're striking everything. We wrap. It's probably like fucking close to midnight at this point. We're supposed to be done. I haven't slept in like two days. I'm exhausted. And I just go up to strike the light because we're shorthanded. So I just was helping out the grip and electric guys so i went up to strike the light at the top of the hill everybody had pretty much left at this point besides like Time out, Rob. what does strike the light mean uh, you know take it down put it away okay oh, um so i don't think all the listeners will know that that's a good point so i go up to strike the light i take the light down i go up this hill and i walk up and at this point everybody's gone but like josh me a couple of the out-of-town folks i think oksana had even taken off at that point because i was like go home and sleep you know because she needed to be fresh in the morning so she could like 
get the talent right. So it was like five of us left there. And I got to the top of the hill and I was moving the light. And I was like looking into the light while I took it down, which is something you're not supposed to do because apparently I'm a fucking idiot and I want to stare into a bright light in the dark. <laughs> so I was looking at the light and then I looked over and I saw a guy in costume there. Like the costumes were these big heavy jackets and like some people had sticks and stuff. So I looked over, there's a guy like wearing a jacket and he had like a stick or like a, what looked like a rifle in his hand. And I, tr- I go, I got the light, don't worry about it. And I turned the thing off and then I realized that like there was no one else that should have been up there with me. So I turned huh. back and looked at him. I could still see the silhouette of the guy standing there. And I just fucking ran, just ran down the <laughs> hill. And I told everybody, I was like, guys, I just saw a soldier at the top of the hill. I was so freaked out. I made Josh go back up with me and get the light. And it was uh-huh. like one of the scariest things. I don't know if it was exhaustion or just like being in this weird place all day. But like, I listen, as plain as day, it was just a person standing yeah. out there next to the yeah, light. Yeah. Wow. Like, like, and and the, the thing that was really creepy is I, so I did some research on Fort Wayne and where the light was. Like where I saw that guy standing, that was a guard post that used to be there for the person Ooh. who guarded the ammunition, and they wore the fucking coat that I saw that guy in. Where? Oh. Way. I mean, so Rob, can I ask, did it look as clear as like a human, or was it like an apparition, transparent? It just looked anything? like a guy in a costume. Just like a regular human. I literally, human. I literally wow, thought, I literally, I literally thought it was just one of the cast members hanging right. out. Right. Wow. But then I was like, oh yeah, we sent all the cast members home like an hour and a half ago. Right. Josh. And I was like, wow. oh shit, who is this uh, person? I will <laughs> say to, to add to the, uh, the, the mystery of, of what you saw effect, uh, being in a tiny enclosed space <laughs> surrounded by lit candles, probably not great for, uh, for oxygen intake. It was yeah, a yeah, very yeah. hot room. <laughs> It was very uh, hot. It was like, not saying it was, it was like, a, a dangerous situation outside of potentially it being a former munitions place that we yeah, told the player. Uh, um, leftover, uh, you know, <laughs> gunpowder. <laughs> but, but outside outside of that, like uh, uh, that was a low risk. But but yeah, just yeah. Uh, just being in that space, it, it was a it was a real shock to go back outside. Regardless, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just a long, stressful day, and that's why. And like you know, when you do projects like that, when you're like producing it or put it together like you just don't sleep until the project wraps so, i mean i was definitely exhausted but like guys i'm telling you like i remember right, it right. perfectly there was like a person standing there like i he was facing he was facing like off into the distance so i only saw him profile so i didn't really look into his eyes or anything but i saw the person there like it the they're probably 15 feet from me wow man that's like so there was a person crazy. there and i was like i, I just straight right. up just when i got this light we're good like, uh, you should go back down. I think I actually said, now that I'm looking back, I think I actually said, I got this light, we're good. I'm going to turn it off. It's going to get really dark up here. You should probably go back down. Yeah. And then I turned the light off and I looked over and it was like, because you can like see the water between Detroit and uh, Canada. So like all the lights, the city lights in Canada are like off in the distance. So I saw the person still standing there not moving. And I went, oh my God, there's no one else here. And then I just right. fucking freaked out. Man, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, you know what's funny is as I spent the whole day going, I don't know what I'm going to say for my uh, story, <laughs> like because I told that one story about the dog breathing in the kitchen on the last episode, and right. then I realized that like, oh yeah, I saw a literal fucking ghost at Fort Wayne. Right. <laughs> um, so but, uh, yeah, Cord- I was going to say, Cordelia, you said you had another one that was kind of related to the- Josh's story. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I did a bunch of research on Mackinac Island, and uh, you know, my intention was to do just the Grand Hotel, but like everything was so interesting um, about the whole island itself, um, because I guess it was like 
initially like an Indian burial ground uh, for Native Americans. And I guess it was um, it was kind of a sacred land before it started getting developed in the late 1800s. And I guess like pretty much anywhere you dig, you will find bones, even to this oh, really? day. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And, um, you know, they moved cemeteries back and forth, and then they just never moved the majority of the remains. So, I mean, a lot of these places that are there still have some sort of remains and a lot of like, um, you know, not every place has um has like a full basement and so a lot of times it'll kind of just pop up out of the ground which is super fascinating um but there was a new hotel that that was just um that was just built a few years back in the past like five years and hmm. kind of the along those lines like the, there was an old house that they took down that was just dilapidated and it didn't have a basement uh you know it just had like a dirt foundation and it was you know, uh, risen above the, uh, the, the ground. So they, they, um, you know, were installing this and they just, I, I think the number was like 27, um, complete skeletons they pulled up like, um, when excavating it. So that's pretty wild, but that's insane. But, yeah, no, no, it's so crazy. And, um, there was, a a guide that was, um, that lives on the Island and, um, he was saying that, you know, he'll go on, um, he'll go on trails and walks and stuff. And occasionally he'll stumble upon stuff and he's had it tested where it's over 800 years old, which is so crazy. Um, some bones and they've also found walrus bones on the island really? from back in the ice age era. So that's pretty wild. That's wild. Uh, that's yeah. wild. Mackinac Island would be a super fun place. I can't believe I've never actually gone there. I've always like limited Dude, my exposure too. to Mackinac City because I love all the kitschy, like touristy trap stuff. And yeah, the t-shirt are, shop and the t-shirt yeah. shop. Yeah, I know. The Josh and I actually went to this really cool <laughs> touristy trap place last night. We did a film festival um, that a friend of ours, Jason uh, Markstrom, runs in uh, Sioux City Film Festival in Sault Ste. Marie. And uh, on the way back, we stopped at this place called Weirdsville, USA. Uh, yeah. And it was like the best uh, tourist attraction I've ever been to Wait, in my entire life. It was a Mystery City, Mystery City, USA. Mystery City, yeah, not Weirdsville. Yeah, because Weirdsville's City. a record store. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Mystery City, USA. And it was like they had like some production designers come out and like construct full sets of different environments that you walk through. Have we talked about this on the podcast before, Josh? I feel like we have. Mystery I Town, believe. USA. Oh, we may have. At Mystery least you're Town, talking USA. to me about it, Rob. I think Whatever, I remember keep you going. talking about this. Yeah, it's interesting. So, so Mystery, Mystery Town, Town, USA is this very, Mystery Town, USA is this very cool tourist attraction. Where they built four environments and you walk through it and you can like smell it and it sounds like the environment and they change the climate. Like, uh, and, and one of them's like a, like a deep woods where there's a Bigfoot and one of them's like under the sea where there's like Loch Ness, there's like an alien one where you go into like an Area 51 type place and they have all these pods. Uh, you know, there's it's one so point cool. where just, it's it's great. There's one point where you have to go through like this tube that's like it's got to be 50 or to 100 feet long of just these giant balloons that are pressing against you, so you can't see anything and you just get lost in it. You have to find your way out. It's insane. <laughs> it's like uh, going through a, a black hole to get to the other side to, to get to the gift shop. 
Yeah, super they have cool. One, they have one of those vertigo <laughs> tunnels where like the tunnel's spinning and the bridge uh, is like I love bridge those looks like it's moving, so you start feeling like yeah. you're spinning. Right. It's like interesting. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's it's like one of the coolest things. But so like that has always been my Mackinac experience is going to <laughs> Mackinac City and doing the dumbest tourist shit, right. getting a hot dog from that weird wiener fucking hot dog place, and like oh yeah, and eating an yeah. elephant ear, like all that shit. Like that's what Mackinac has been for me. I mean, also I think growing up it was very expensive to go to the island, and I don't think my parents. I, I think my my parents were way more into the idea of blowing money on tourist traps than they were on like the history of Mackinac Island. <laughs> ah, that makes a lot of sense because I feel like whenever we travel, that's the main stuff we do is just like weird nonsense, like uh, that kind of kitschy stuff. I still love kitschy. I mean, I love like no, I do I've too. Heard, I, I've I think heard, it's I've so heard fun. My whole life that like the Canada side, which I've never been to Niagara Falls, so I've heard my whole life that like the Canada side of Niagara Falls is like the epitome of kitschy it's nerdy awesome. shit. Yeah, yeah, I so. actually went there. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That, that's I mean, we didn't do like, anything. <laughs> oh, you didn't go to like the gift shops and stuff? No, no, I was with my parents. I mean, we just literally saw the falls and it, we went to some theme park and that was like it. Yeah, I love all that like tourist trap shit, like the mystery spot I love growing up. You know, Josh, did you have another what? story? Uh, I did, but I, I want to say my Mackinac Island experience. I remember I have very brief and small memories of like riding on the back of a carriage. I remember uh, eating at a couple of different places there. And I remember seeing the giant uh, statue of, uh, is it Pierre, Pierre Marquette? It has like a giant statue. Yeah, on Marquette. Island. Yep. Um, You're right. But 90% of my memories of being there is that there's like an apartment building that's on that island and in the apartment building, there's an arcade, and I found <laughs> an arcade that had the uh, Mega Man fighting game, Ooh, which I had uh, never oh. seen before. Uh, huh. And it was only one quarter to play. And so, <laughs> so both times I've been to that island, I spent like <laughs> just destroying the Mega Man arcade game and like getting my name in the top five on all versions <laughs> of it, uh, much to the chagrin of my my parents. Uh, we were like, you're on Mackinac Island, like do something like it smells like horses and I'm broke. <laughs> I've got, but I did find Mega Man arcade. Uh, nice. <laughs> That's totally uh, worth it. My second. So there... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. You, you, you can. No, go ahead, Josh. Uh, my, my second, my second story, uh, was just going to be basically me leaving as an open-ended, uh, do you guys remember the Liger? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's talk about the Liger. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> so I've, I've tried, I've tried to like, uh, I tried to pull up any sort of, yeah. uh, stories or anything <laughs> that still exists on the internet about the Liger. Uh, and I found this one article that brings up, this is from 2003 and they're talking about seeing a, a big cat wandering in a certain area and it ends with Macomb County gained uh, widespread media t- media attention in 1997 when a liger, a hybrid of lion and tiger, eluded sophisticated police equipment such as infrared heat-seeking devices while on the prowl in Warren and Sterling Heights. It was never mm. captured. In 1999, the liger's legend grew as Shelby Township uh, police officer saw it in the area of 25 Mile and Hayes Road. The Michigan Department of Natural Resources set up traps to catch the creature, but never found it. No way. Hold on. Hold on. So, was there ever a liger? I think there were prints that were found like along a riverbed, like the Clinton River, and I think that's all it ever was—just prints. Yeah. So I, was there never like a video clip on the news of the liger? No, none no, of that ever no, exist. No. no. I love that no, the I mean, liger that was I like. Remember. I love that the liger was thing. like suburban Detroit's Bigfoot. 
it was awesome. Yeah, I was so excited about it. I vividly remember the Lego. My mom was freaked out by the Lego. She was worried it was going to kill the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I there there was like I, I I was able to see some some quotes from people saying like you know I was going to mow my lawn today. I'm not going out there. Right. Not with the liger out around these parts. I love that it has to be a liger. There, there, it can't just there, it can't just be a tiger or a lion. It has to be a liger. Yeah, it'd be it's funny. Super interesting. Well, it'd be funny if those were the same people who don't wear masks. <laughs> it probably is the same people that wear masks. I turned a light on. I don't know if that matters for you guys. Um, nope. Yeah, it does, definitely doesn't matter for Cordelia. Um, speaking of which, uh, Tom, uh, Satar and I found a house we really like in Warren. So. It's looking like uh, oh, cool. It's looking like that might be the thing. Um, just trying to figure out like cost and all that, but it's looking good. Well, I'll so, uh, I'll, I'll I'll get the welcoming committee together. <laughs> um, Mayor Mayor Faust Mayor Faust will be there, and um, he's gonna he's gonna have their. They'll probably give you a, a large uh, pair of scissors to cut a to cut a cut a quick yeah. pop off a pop off a quick. That's great. Uh, Pop off a quick. Uh, what do they call that? The ribbon? Is it just a ribbon yeah. cutting ceremony? Pop yeah, off that's a quick, yeah, that's what I say. I say I'm popping off a quick ribbon. That's what I'm. That's he what always I would, says that's that. what it's always, Tom's always that's saying really, that. Yeah. <laughs> so guys, you know, now that we've been doing this, um, doing this show like uh, for like a half hour in or whatever, you know, I did think of some ghost stories that I have that I totally Hit forgot me. that of personal ghost stories. So, like, growing up, like, we would always go to our family Christmas party, and my mom would always, like, um, leave some sort of, like, little present for us, like, in our rooms. Like, somehow they would get us in the, go, like, pack up the car, and then, like, the presents would be waiting on our bed, so it was so exciting. And mom would always say, like, oh, the elves came, and, you know, the... So like, go, go get your presents. I saw them in your bed. So like, I went into my room one day and I saw an elf actually climbing out of my window. Um, so I don't know if it was a ghost or a real elf, but I'm going to claim it as a real elf. I'll take um, elf. <laughs> so I saw that, but it, the story goes on. It's not just an elf that I've seen. I've seen the Easter bunny also. So, Go so on. <laughs> my brother, uh, like we always kept our doors open in the um, for our bedrooms when we were kids, and I I never like woke up to go to the bathroom, but I think I I was anxious and you know I I I had to get up and to see if I could find it, and um, so I think my brother and I were sharing a room at this time. So anyway, so I look into like other bedroom and behind the um the dresser i could just see the easter bunny's head popping up and he looked That's like a fucking costume horrifying dude he looked like <laughs> a costume easter bunny like you would see at the mall but like it, it was still that and i saw its head popping up and i kept being like mom and i made my mom come down and take me to the bathroom because i was terrified i mean so, as you um, should be because yeah, yeah a rabbit and, of that scale is not absolutely. your friend because like its head was popping up over the dresser so then like i went to bed same thing like i woke up again like an hour later probably 10 minutes who knows and i was like mom 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 come take me to the bathroom i never did this but um so she takes me to the bathroom and i look in the living room and the rabbit was laying uh, in front of the couch trying to hide itself like against it and it took up like the whole couch i mean like a full you know three cushion couch and then i just went <laughs> to the bathroom and went to bed but yeah i'll never forget the elf and the two times i saw the easter bunny it's weird that your parents used to give you LSD when you were a kid. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what 
they do when you're disabled. Oh yeah, yeah. that's how they get you. That's where they yeah. get you. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good they're thing like, I'm an uh, artist for a living and I paint monsters. Yeah, they're like, they're like, uh, they're like, hey, hey, Cordelia, uh, take this LSD so you can grow up to paint us pictures. Yeah, and the great part is like, you know, I saw the elf in the middle of the day. Well, I mean, maybe four, three, two. It will probably be noon. Yeah. So. Your elf story reminds me of um, Insidious, that movie Insidious. There's like that one little kid that runs through and then pops oh, out of the dresser. It's like a scene that scared the shit out of me. I remember I saw Insidious in the theater with like 10 of my friends who are all like, I, they shall remain nameless, but they're all like super fucking cool, like sort of tough dudes and like fucking hardcore and punk bands. And we were all fucking covering our eyes during the jump scares. Wow. It scared the shit cool. out of us. Um, <laughs> like uh, it scared uh, the shit out of every single person who watched it. Um, Josh, what were you going to say? Uh, I just want to, as another open-ended one, I, I just wanted to pose to, to you all, uh, what is your reaction when you are, when you do encounter something that's, uh, that's unexplained, perhaps supernatural, if you ever have? I mean, I clearly tell it that, uh, I'm good. I've got this light. Uh, you're going to want to get down that hill before I turn the light off. I apparently <laughs> just talked to it like a person that wouldn't realize. Uh, I mean, it's the same thing I've always done. Like I, I've always had this thing. So I have two, th- I have two settings, right? Like I have a big problem <laughs> in my life. This is, this is why I don't go to haunted houses. Uh, as, as everyone here knows, uh, human beings have fight or flight. Uh, and when I get scared, my first reaction is to throw fucking punches. And I don't say that in any kind of a tough guy way. To be clear, I think it's the worst way to react when you're afraid. And as a child, I've been booted out of many a haunted house because I punched some kid in the face or hit them in the stomach when I was scared. It's not tough. It's just a stupid gut reaction. It's something I do. Yeah, yeah. So I have that or I run like fucking hell, which is what I did at Fort Wayne. And it's also what I did uh, when I told the previous story on the last episode when I heard the breathing in the kitchen. The second I turned the light on, nobody was there. I backed away very confused and then ran back to the couch and, and covered my head. Also, uh, I thought the phrase was flight or fuck. Yeah, yeah, it's either, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, here's what I would do if a ghost was okay. real. You'd ghost fuck is it. coming at me. No, I would just start jerking off, and here's why. Okay. Because if I start jerking <laughs> off when I see a ghost, uh, there's no way I can be afraid at that point, and the ghost is going to be freaked out. If oh, I just that's start, true. If I just start that's going true. ham on myself, this guy's coming towards <laughs> me, and I just start just really tear, tearing into myself a little bit, you know, just getting getting silly on that thing uh yeah that, that's that is gonna be terrified because I mean, what if it kind of like what if it kind of backfires and a ghost gets real just kind of comfortable you know i mean yeah, yeah. i mean at oh. that point then then it's it's whatever's next you know it's like whatever's happening is happening and we're both there for it and you know it's yeah. cool we're cool but like i feel like i feel like if i just nude it up let's let's remove sex from the equation if i just got butt naked when i saw a ghost i feel like most ghosts are going to be like, oh shit, like, I, sorry, dude, I didn't know, like, you were doing this. Uh, yeah. I didn't mean to jump in yeah. on this. Like, you know, I think, I think, I think, I think a shared human ex- experience is uh, that we've all learned to um, be ashamed of our bodies and hate ourselves. So I think oh, that, that would be, oh no, my no, no. Just us, just us Catholic race people here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, I would try to use, I would try to use my, the shame of my nudity to chase out, <laughs> chase away the spirit. Tom, what's your, what's you, what, what would well, you be doing? Well, I, I just came so hard. Um, <laughs> oh, I, you know what? I don't know. Um, I'd like to say that I would, you know, um, I'd like to say that I would try to understand 
understand what was happening if it confused me, right? You know, but I mean, that's an empathy gap. Uh. That's the definition of an empathy gap. And I'm sure that if I say to myself that, oh, I would just like, you know, keep my cool and like, you know, try to do whatever. I'm sure if it were something that terrifying, I mean, yeah, I'd run too. I would, I would, I would, I would, I would, you know, go into flight or fuck right away, you know? So um, I think, I think Josh has used like uh, a, a terrified negotiation to get out of weird situations. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. We cool, but you know, yeah, yeah we're yeah, good. Yeah. Super sorry, didn't know. Uh, I'm gonna go. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you in my Dragon Ball Z sketchbook. <laughs> uh, I will. I will say, like the last time that I had something uh, that like was was unex, like I'm sure there's a way it could have been explained. Happened to me it was uh, it was like I'm on one of the first trips that I took with my girlfriend. We went up to. Uh, uh, like the grayling area and we were staying in this hotel and we were watching ghost adventures uh of all shows uh i believe ghost adventures is the one where the host talks like this and he's from michigan uh he's he's always super serious uh but they were they were investigating the bell witch uh and i kept making jokes related to the bell witch and making jokes about that situation and then the bathroom door in the hotel room that we were in slammed shut like somebody like was in a fight and slammed it. Oh. Uh, and neither of us were, were near that area at all. And my reaction was just, come on. <laughs> <laughs> what, were, what were some examples of the jokes you made? Like, yeah, what were some I kept making jokes. Lay on us. Lay on us. Let's see if it's... Worthy of I door wish slam. I could remember. That's uh, all right. But I was talking. I was talking about like with the the bell witch. The idea of like bell witching somebody, where where it was like the bell witch. This person. This person's description of the bell witch was that they they found an entity and then they wrapped it up in a blanket and then threw it into a fire and that's when the witch stopped bothering them. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, so bell witching somebody, you just <laughs> throw a blanket over them and just <laughs> just hug them real tight and then <laughs> and maybe throw them into the into a fire. Uh, oh, old-fashioned. Yeah, yeah. Well, it. yeah, yeah. It seems it seems that's a way to discover if they were a witch. You wrap someone in a blanket, and if they if they burn in the fire, they weren't a witch. But if they didn't burn in the fire, then they were a witch, and you absolutely should hang them. You know what I mean? Like that sounds yeah. like a. <laughs> uh, I just I don't know if we. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You go ahead. I just remember I kept making very obscene sounding jokes. I don't remember what exactly I was saying. Uh, but it was after I had just made some sort of joke that was like, I, 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 it ended with an obscenity, the bathroom door slammed. And I, and I was just like, and my response was just, come on. <laughs> Josh's like negotiation tactics reminds uh, me of when I get, I don't know if we've talked about this in the podcast before, when I get like freaked out in real life or in like a situation where I'm uncomfortable, my natural reaction is to joke around a lot and, uh, or to say like with complete honesty, everything that's going through my head. This is like the two things I do. And I had to get blood drawn when I went to an emergency room. <laughs> Did we talk about this on the podcast already? I don't think so. I had to get blood drawn when I went to the emergency room. Um, not that long ago, I wasn't feeling well and I went and got blood drawn. And uh, I mean, I guess this was a lifetime ago because it was pre-COVID. But um, I wasn't feeling super good. And uh, I wasn't feeling super good and I had to get blood drawn. 
and I do not do well with getting blood drawn. Like if I sit for an instant and think about the way the internals of my body works, it sends me into a full panic state. Like I, I'm not able to process those things. So, but uh, did you get a couple speckled tops, a couple lavenders? Wait, Sorry, I get my blood drawn all the time. Never oh, mind. oh, blood draw right. joke. Oh, uh, I don't know. It's like the little, the little vial that they. Yeah, yeah. The tops they have, they have. Uh, never mind. They have different colors. Yeah, yeah. Out of yeah, yeah. So mind. yes, it was a speckled <laughs> top. Then. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's funny. funny. I like that. That's funny. Uh, uh, really, no, that's that's funny, Cordelia. Yeah, I like that. I like that. They, they, so, so she hooks the thing up to me, and they can't find the vein. So it takes a couple tries. And at this point, I'm woozy at best. Um, and so she starts drawing blood and telling me, and I already felt horrible. Like my back was in horrible pain with my back, and I felt like nauseous and horrible and she starts drawing the blood and she tells me she needs to do it again like i got through the first one i felt dizzy at this point i black out and i come to just in time to realize that uh she goes don't stand up and i go i'm gonna go ahead and stand up (laughs) that's literally what i said i go "I'm i'm gonna go ahead and stand up so i stand up and at that point apparently i looked at her in the face and then i and then i well so i stand up let me tell exactly what happened for me i stand up and then I wake up on the floor with a horrible fucking headache. Uh, oh. I apparently fell hard headfirst into the fucking floor, um, oh. which no real damage was done. They checked me or whatever. It was, you know, oh. they did a good job. And she goes, do you need to go to the bathroom when I'm coming to? And I'm like shaking a little bit on the floor. And I look at her, I go, no, I'm good. Why? And she goes, you said you need to go to the bathroom. I go, what did I say? Apparently right, right before I, st- I go, I'm going to go ahead and stand up. I stood up and then I went, I think I'm going to shit my pants. And then I fucking passed out. <laughs> It's such a Rob quote, too. I've heard you say this 3,000 times over our friendship. (laughs) Also, that's awesome. No recollection of that. Sorry. No, no, that's just so awesome. If that, if you're like half like passing out, and that's just like your go-to phrase, that's just like automatic in your brain. It doesn't mean you're gonna shit your pants, but like it's just something funny that you say out of awkward moments. That's that's your go-to dumb phrase. Like I, I'll put that on your gravestone, friend. I think I'm gonna shit my pants, and so yeah, yeah, I think uh, I'm gonna shit my pants. I don't know why Josh's story reminded me of that. Uh, Um, So brilliant, Rob. How much, how much time do we have? Uh, I would like to try to wrap this out of here in about 10 minutes. I have one more historical kind of scary story that kind of involves something called the Wendigo psychosis syndrome. Oh, yes. Oh, I, I was hoping you are going to. <laughs> okay. So, so I went to a place uh, a couple years back called Isle Royal National Park. And Isle Royal is an island that's in Lake Superior. So you have to go all the way. For those who might want to look it up on Wiki or whatever, you know, if you go to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, there's a little island that's off the little shark fin part of, uh, of the Upper Peninsula called Isle Royal. And so this story involves a person who is in a survival situation, right? And uh, just a little backstory, Wendigo psychosis syndrome is a psychosis caused by that, that is earmarked by the fear of eating or of, uh, of cannibalizing somebody. So, so and, and it's kind of the background behind that was that back in the day when you were a Native American, you know, or whatever, and there was like, you know, and, and, and people were starving, they didn't have any food, the, the, the psychosis was marked by 
that you were terrified of cannibalizing somebody, which in um, in Medawigwin, um, and I think I'm saying that correctly, in Medawigwin lore, um, that is how somebody is turned into a Wendigo, is when they cannibalize somebody. Or the Wendigo actually goes after some, uh, is uh, uh, attacks people who are cannibals and turn them into Wendigos as well. So, so, so to be clear, anyway. the syndrome is to be clear, the syndrome is actually the fear that you might be a cannibal. Yes, yes, exactly. It's it's the fear that you might become a cannibal, that you have to, and that is and that is what the psychosis is marked by. Um, although, although there are there are, there are um, uh, historical records of a few people actually committing it, and um, and uh, and whatnot, but this one in particular is about. So um, in 1845, uh, about a married couple named Angelique and Charlie, Charlie, uh, Angelique and Charlie Mott, um, and Angelique, who is um, a Native American, um, was married to a Frenchman named Charlie Mott. They lived in Wisconsin, and they were told by, um, quote, some other big bugs from Detroit and a couple other people to stay on Isle Royal, which at the time, during 1845, at the time, it was all wilderness. It was all it was all wilderness. It was all unclaimed, but it was also um, it was also uh, was uh, seen to be a good spot to mine copper. So uh, this company wanted Charlie and Angelique to stay in this island to um, to uh, hold the claim uh, for the amount of twenty five dollars a month, and then uh, to Angelique five dollars a month to cook for Charlie. Um, to hold the claim over the winter so that they would come back during the spring. So this is how it went, though. So this was in, um, I'm reading here, this was in July. And they were, and in July, they were brought there by a man named Mendenhall, who brought them in, who brought them to the uh, Isle Royal on the the schooner Algonquin. Um, They were there and they were promised more ships. They were promised um, more ships to bring food to um, to them on Isle Royal. And while they had on them at the time was, and this is a quote from her uh, testimony, from Angelique Mott's testimony, um, they were given um, a half barrel of flour, um, Six pounds of butter and that bad that smelt badly and a white like lard and a few beans. So the story goes as this: is that by uh, five days before Christmas they ran out of food. They did not receive any more. Uh, uh, there was there were no boats that actually arrived to resupply them with food. And when uh, when it became springtime. They weren't able to fish anymore because the lake started to freeze over. And this is kind of up north. This is like really kind of up north where it could get cold, like kind of early in the season. Um, so the story goes is that um, Charlie was the first one to um, to really suffer from starvation and he got sick. And this is another quote from Angelique's uh, testimony, right, is that uh one day he sprung up and seized his butcher knife and began to sharpen it in on a whetstone. He said he was tired of being hungry. He said um, he would kill a sheep, something to eat he must have. And then he glared at me as if he 
thought nobody could read his purpose by himself. I saw that I was the sheep he intended to kill and eat. All day and night, I watched I watched him and kept my eyes on him, not daring to sleep and expecting him to spring upon me at any moment. But at last, I managed to wrest the knife, uh, wrestle, uh, wrest the knife from him. And that danger was over. Um, after Charlie's uh, uh, fever had gone down, um, he died. He died and he was um, and and all that was left was Angelique in the and I'm guessing. Uh, let me read here. It looks like this is somewhere near Christmas. I'm guessing. Um, so anyway, this is this is where this is the part where I was talking about the psychosis. This is part of uh, what she was saying. Was that? Um, and this is a, from the testimony. I quote: um, "I believe that there was a Christ, and that He would carry me through if I prayed for Him. But things that most of all uh, I was afraid of, and that I had prayed hardest against, was this." Sometimes I was so hungry, so very hungry, and the hunger raged so my veins, through my veins, take Charlie and make him make soup of him. I knew it was very, it was wrong. I felt it was wrong. I didn't want it, want to do it, but for some day the fever might come on me uh, as it did on him. And when I oh, came God. to my senses, yeah, when I came to my senses, I might find myself in the very act of eating him up. Um, but according to her testimony, she didn't. And, um, uh, and, and she goes on to say that she, she found a way to make harness, um, I mean, snares out of her hair to, to catch rabbit. That's, that's, and, that, uh, is, that is, that is the most, that is, that is the most impressive thing I have heard in so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, check it out. Check could, it you out. Imagine, so, so, could you imagine if you were alone in the woods being like, you know, if I if I shave my head, I bet I can catch a rabbit with this. Like that is so amazing. I'm sorry. Go on. Time out. Do you guys think this? Do you guys think that actually happened? I think she ate him. I think she said well, this to like get out of saying that she ate a person. Maybe, but I Go mean, on. you know, but it was kind of a story of faith, right? Like, yeah. you know, she's she's saying in her testimony that if she didn't have faith and prayed and whatnot, that she she. um and she prayed that she wouldn't, that, you know, she, she basically, she kept it because what happens later is that, um, she did catch a rabbit. She said she ate the first one raw, tore off the skin and ate it raw. Um, and then in March, in March, uh, she found a canoe and she ended up fishing that same dude who brought them to the Island that, um, that, uh, Mendelhall fella, um, he he arrived. She she heard him shoot a rifle, and Angel and Angelique apparently found him, and she couldn't even tell him that Charlie was dead. Instead, she told him to go back to the hut to uh, that they had built uh, to to um, uh, to find him because he was asleep. And uh, I guess he found out that Charlie was dead, and Mendel Mendelhall was uh, remorseful. He showed remorse. He he began to cry. And he said that the provisions that they were uh, guaranteed, um, uh, apparently the people who promised to bring those provisions lied to him about bringing them because they didn't. Um, See, to, and, me that uh, little, to me, that sounds a little go, bit like Mendel Hall was passing the buck. To me, that sounds like he, I set really, these, he set up this couple for failure. And then like, and then when it happened, he was like, oh, shit, I got to cover my ass on this one. 
it, it was it was lucky. It was lucky that, of course, Angelique uh, Mott was a Native American who grew up in in her tribe, right? Because she she survived a week. One of the weeks she survived on nothing but bark, which is oh. kind of a common which is kind of a common practice. And uh, if you were um, if you didn't have any food, I mean, you could eat bark on a tree, like you know, given the tree is right. But um, but anyway, so that's that's my story. One of the islands on uh, Isle Royal is called Mott Island, and I'm pretty sure it's named after uh, Charlie Mott, who uh, who died there. Um, so yeah, that's my that's my that's a pretty tale. wild it's a pretty Love wild it. story, Tom. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's uh, good, you know, Tom, if we could end every if if we couldn't if we could if we could avoid ending every episode with you talking about cannibalism, I think that would really help. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tom, I'm so happy that you uh, told that story. I was super hoping you would. Oh yeah, this is yeah, the, yeah, this yeah. is the second time we brought up cannibalism, I believe, on this podcast. Though maybe the third. Will be the last. <laughs> we'll be I'm inside my house. I had to move inside. The mosquitoes were getting horrible. I mean, I do um, love the band Cannibal Carbs. So, I mean, who doesn't? It's true. Uh, it's true. Um, I mean, cannibalism is definitely a goth thought of sorts. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe it, we could... it may be the gothest thought because it involves death and consumption. That's yeah, true. yeah. Uh, in the end, aren't we all just meat? That's a goth thought, right? I like that you did an NPR voice when you did it. So it was like, uh, like let's do goth <laughs> thoughts in an NPR voice to sign off. I'll do one right now. I like it when it's dark outside because in the, in the world, I fucked up. Who wants to go first? <laughs> um, I got it. I, goth thoughts. Today I cried because not everybody can see as much darkness as I. <laughs> That's going to be the winner. Uh, I was going to say, uh, goth thoughts. Um, I've heard when you're freezing to death, it feels like a warm blanket embracing you. <laughs> Sounds like the best way to die. <laughs> goth thoughts. Goth thoughts. <laughs> All right, that's how we have to end it. That's it. Guys, um, we're uh, getting better than that. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Uh, today, my light burned out. I said, perfect. God thoughts. God thoughts. I like that in that story. That could also just be like a depressed guy who's tired of doing home improvement. He's just like, I've had enough. God sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. God, sucks. <laughs> God sucks. Well, all right, let's sign it off. Let's let's cut it here. Um, I'm gonna say <laughs> the only uh, thing I can think of. I'm sorry. The only thing I can think of was just being like, time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping <laughs> into the future. <laughs> this has been uh, this has been uh, God thoughts. This has been uh, VHS playback, and uh, thanks for listening. Uh, you can email us your God thoughts or anything you want to talk about, um, and we'd love to talk about your stories or anything that you have as well. Uh, Josh, what's that email? Our email is VHS playback podcast at gmail.com. Uh, hit us up and let us know your thoughts. And thank you guys for listening. This has been rad for us, so thank you. Thank Bye. you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Uh, are we, we going to do the, the normal name sign out? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, this uh, is no holds barred. But <laughs> I've, I've been Rob Cousinot. I've been Cordelia Graham. I'm Bestie. I've been Josh Cousinot. 
and I fucked up the outro. Thanks, guys, and I'll, t- and I'll see you next time. Bye. Have you guys, is it, have you guys ever eaten a cake with your hands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not the uh, full oh. thing, but I'll take a nibble. Yeah, take Newton's yeah, our free pancake. I have a cheesecake. Hold on. <laughs>